Hello and welcome to this episode of Your Money with me, Mary Holm. Thanks for taking just a few minutes to listen in while Jesse Mulligan and I talk through some useful ideas about how to make your money work better for you. Just remember though, this is guidance. Final decisions are up to you. Over to Jesse. Hello there. Hello, Jesse. Kiora. Are we allowed to talk yet about the thing that we were talking about on email, or do we have to save that for another time? No, we can talk about it now. You're writing a book. Oh, that. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, I'm writing a book, but it, it's not coming out till November. Yeah, I know it's not so, coming out for ages yeah, and ages. But I'm just it's pretty exciting, very, though. Yeah, and I'm working very hard on it. Yeah. Lots of hours. Is it going to cover, like, everything? Yes, it is, but it's got a bit of a different angle on that I'm not going to tell you about yet. Right, fair <laughs> enough. All right. Yeah, I had one yesterday. I had a guest come through, and she started telling me a story, and I just got a bad feeling about it. So I played a song, and during the song, Realised that was not a story that we could tell on air. So sorry oh, for the uh, miscommunication <laughs> there. That, that's fine. So what are we going to talk about today, Mary? We're talking about rainy day money, mm-hmm. and and what prompted it was this week the Commission for Financial Capability, which used to be called the Retirement Commission, had a big conference in Auckland. And at that conference, David Boyle, who's the sort of education man at the commission, announced a plan for. Um, a proposal for a way that New Zealanders could perhaps better handle their emergency money or rainy day money. And it's got its pluses and minuses, but I think it's a pretty interesting idea. Um, I mean, what we're just talking about here is money that people are not using for the everyday expenses, their ordinary expenses, not for the power bill, because you, every month you get a power bill yeah. and you know roughly what that's going to be, yeah. but when the car breaks down, that sort of stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, and the commission did a bit of research a while ago and found that 44%, so nearly half of New Zealanders, only had enough money to survive a month or less mm-hmm. if they lost their income. And the experts say you should have three to six months' money, which I always think that's a bit high. It's a bit unrealistic, really. Mm. But that's the kind of amount you ideally would have within reach. In a minute, we might talk about where you might get all of that from. But um, I just wanted to tell you a bit more about the proposal yeah. first, the, the plan. Because is this, um, a, is this an official character proposing this, or is just a... Well, it's David Boyle who, and it's the Commission. He works for the Commission for Financial Capability. But right, but they don't. It, do they have any control over KiwiSaver, or is no, this an idea sort of fest? No, they mm. don't. They're in charge of sort of educating New Zealanders, mm. really. And so they come up with... This is not the first time they've come up with ideas. They quite often do. So, you know, you've got to assume the government will look quite closely at it, and mm. I understand senior government people are looking at po- possible changes to KiwiSaver anyway. And I think they got the idea from England, where there's a trial on at the moment over there, where people who were putting 4% of their pay into retirement fund are now putting 1% into an emergency fund and 3% into a retirement uh-huh. fund. Um, I think over there they're doing it until they get a certain amount in the emergency fund and then it all gets diverted. Then mm. from then on, the 4% goes back into retirement. And David was sort of proposing that maybe we'd do, you know, something like that where perhaps 1% of KiwiSaver money went into an emergency fund and the rest not. Or maybe you could put all of your KiwiSaver money into the emergency fund until it reached 
a thousand dollars or not one percent of your KiwiSaver money, but one percent of your total. Of your total salary. Yes, mm. yes, good, yes, good mm. catch. Yes, yes, because currently most employees are putting three percent of their pay in. So, um, one possibility would be to put all three percent of that divert it into a little side fund which mm. was used for emergency money and when that reaches a certain level it might be a thousand dollars it might be maybe you could own, name your own level um after that then from then on and the new money goes straight into KiwiSaver mm. again and it stays that way until you spend the emergency money at which point you'd be coming in and topping it up again. Like and, um, um, around this time of year, a lot of people are fancying an emergency trip to Fiji, for example. Well, yeah. <laughs> and that's and, and, and David raised that, that issue about whether <coughs> people would be totally free to take the money out when they want to, and probably that would be the only way to run it, really. Right. You know, currently, you can go to, to your KiwiSaver provider if you are, have, are suffering from serious financial hardship and the supervisor of their scheme actually is the one who has a look at your situation and gives you access to money if they're really convinced you're mm. in a bad way. But there's a lot of stories. In fact, I've got one in my Herald column this weekend of someone who's been trying to get money out that way and they haven't been allowed to. No good. That's right. And a lot of people are turned down for it. it it's you know, you've got to really convince them that you've got no other sources of money because the, the KiwiSaver is set up for retirement savings and they don't want people just grabbing money out of it here and there and everywhere and so by the time they get to retirement there's not much left. No, and, and so, don't want to look like but, a soft touch. No, that's right. Or word will but, get around. Yeah, yes, exactly. And um, but, but but this, Because also, sorry to interrupt, but what is financial hardship like? What if I'm an Uber driver and my car... Uh, gets written off and I don't have enough insurance and I need to buy a car so that I can yes. keep earning my salary, you know, you might have a bit of trouble convincing them that you need to get this money urgently yes. so you can buy a new car. But Funnily enough, that's an example I use in the Herald column this Saturday where they're saying if you need a car, repairs to a car or buying a car in order to earn a living, then generally speaking you probably would be able to take money out mm. of KiwiSaver, whereas if you just want to buy a nicer car or yeah. um, a second car or, 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 or if you own a really flash car uh -huh. that you could sell and trade down, then they probably won't give you access to the money. It was on my mind because I read an Economist article about how San Francisco is trying to fix their homeless problem at the moment, and yeah. one thing they've worked out is that if you invest money into stopping someone becoming homeless in the first place, then it'll save you a lot more in the long run. And, and that was, this was the example. Absolutely, yeah, some, some yes. Some Uber driver who wasn't going to be able to continue working, so the city actually lent him some money while his car was getting repaired, and now they don't have a homeless person. Re yeah, yeah. It, it's much cheaper in the long run. Yeah. It, it's, it's, it's the same basic argument as catching the kids. You know, they're talking about catching the kids before they start heading towards prison, and mm. much, much cheaper than... And better than putting them in prison. And in in this case, you can sort of make a similar argument, really, that if people have, as I say, they'd probably be given pretty free access to to this. If if this, we need to keep emphasising this is not happening yet. I've heard people saying, "Oh, now KiwiSaver, you can, you know, yeah. it's it's it might never happen. It's just an idea that's mm. out there." But if people were given pretty free access to that money, then it all might end up being, you know, it's not really KiwiSaver retirement savings anymore. It's just people take, putting their money aside mm. um, and then taking it out again when they want to or need to, feel they need to. 
Um, but the counter argument's pretty strong, and and these days there's a lot of people running up huge credit card debt when they get into financial crises, and we're still running up payday lender um, debt, yeah. which um, I don't know whether I was saying to you the other day, I was talking to a Commerce Commission man who said some of that payday lender debt has got an effective annual interest rate of 800%. It's terrible. Mm. And so once people get into financial difficulties, it's a real slippery slope, yeah. and on they go down, and and they owe so much money they can't get back out of it. And if we could do something like this that would help these people, help people to just not get into, not start into that problem, if they had a retirement, I mean, an emergency fund, rainy day fund that they could get, you know, up to perhaps $1,000 out of, possibly even more, then they're not getting into deep trouble with very expensive debt. The, you know, the the um, perfectionist type people say, hey, just a minute, we already shouldn't even be letting people take KiwiSaver money out to buy their first home. This is a retirement project, mm. you know. Um, and I have some sympathy with that argument, but, but you know, I'm working on this book at the moment, and one of the things in the book is the steps you take to get to be financially strong. And one of the very first steps, the first one is to get rid of credit card debt and the second one is to set up a rainy day fund so you don't get back into the credit card and expensive debt. And all of that's got to happen before you start buying houses or saving for retirement or anything else, really. It's it's very basic stuff. And so I, I think... Um, that argument overwhelms the others, the other arguments about about it not being a sort of pure retirement savings vehicle any longer. Yeah, so I'm, I hope the government looks quite closely at this. It's, it will add to the complexity, but, but David Boyle at the Commission is pointing out that in New Zealand we've already got a mechanism set up for money to, for, to go from employers to the IRD, to the KiwiSaver providers, so it's already there. The providers would presumably perhaps offer to run a rainy day fund as well and your money would be going into a cash KiwiSaver fund, basically the lowest risk level KiwiSaver fund, um, which would invest your money in bank term deposits, that kind of thing. Uh, so it wouldn't be a volatile sort of a fund. And, you know, whether or not every provider, every KiwiSaver provider was forced to offer that option or... But even if they weren't forced to, I'd say most of them would probably want to because otherwise they'd lose members. Me- members would just switch to someone yeah. who did offer that. So, yeah, I don't know. What do you think? Have you got any views like on it. it? I like it, Mary. Yeah, yeah, I think overall it, it, it does because add complexity. the appeal... For me, is it's hard to ask somebody to save twice, right? So yes. if you've already got this yep. mechanism set up with KiwiSaver and you're used to it, to then have someone to say to you, hey, you should be saving up two or three months of salary as well, it's quite difficult. Yes. But if you've already yeah. got that money put away, yeah. Yeah, I think it, it keeps it, from the point of view of the individual, it keeps it pretty simple. Mm. The money's just coming out of your out of your pay as it does now into KiwiSaver. I think it could also encourage more people to join KiwiSaver. You know, some of the ones who aren't in 
might be feeling, look, I just can't even really keep my head above water. That's right, I can't when, think about 25 years away. Yeah, especially when, you know, just last month the car broke down and I didn't know what to do about mm. it. You know, if if the, the scheme was set up so that they could be saying, well, this would actually help me next time the car breaks down or mm. the washing machine breaks down or the fridge or, you know, there are certain... Um, expenses that are pretty these days we don't expect people to take their washing down to the river and wash it you know they're yeah. entitled to have a washing machine um so and and also people on contributions holidays you know they there are more than half a million people in KiwiSaver who aren't contributing and a heck of a lot of them will be on contributions holidays because they've got into financial difficulties and stopped contributing. And I mean, one of the big worries is they, they can take up a contributions holiday for up to five years. And some of them probably do. They say, oh, I'll, I'll stop for five years and get totally out of the habit. Within that five years, they get back to being quite financially strong again, but they don't start contributing again. Mm. Whereas if they had this rainy day fund, they might never take the holiday. They might say, well, instead I'm going to just draw the money out of the mm. fund to get me through my crisis. And so keep on um, keep on contributing. Yeah. yeah. It also addresses a problem currently, you know, some, some people do have a rainy day fund, but do they top it back up again after they've drawn on it? You know, I mean, that's a, that's a difficulty too. You might do very well for a while, set it aside, and then spend it. And whereas with this program, the money would be keeping on coming out of your pay and top it back up again. Maybe you'd so, need a cooling down period on, on withdrawing it. It's like some, maybe you've got to give a week's notice or yeah. a month's notice or something Yes. to stop people using it as a savings account. They just have yeah, whenever the, they feel like it. The, yeah, the, it'd, be, it'd be certainly a good idea to, um, you know, they, these days they talk about nudging within finance and, and sort of pushing people a certain way mm. so that they've actually got to, I mean, that's why KiwiSaver has auto-enrolment because people are kind of nudged into it and have to actively get out. Whereas if, if instead they just said, do you want to be in it? Do they have auto-enrolment? Yeah, auto-enrolment when you get a new job. Ah, yeah, okay. every, everybody when they get a new job is automatically enrolled and they can, after two, between two and eight weeks later, they can pull out if they want to. Oh, I didn't but it. a okay. heck of a lot of people stay in, in the default funds and at least they're in KiwiSaver, even if default is not a very good place for them to yeah, be. Yeah, we've talked about um, that before. Yeah, and what you're talking about is another kind of nudge or, or, or a, a barrier, perhaps, in this case, something to make it a little bit harder for mm. people to, to get their money out. Um, yeah, I mean, these are all things to be considered, but I just think, yes, altogether it's a pretty good idea. Um Yes, I'm just having a look here in my notes if I had any other particular points to make about it. Well, you had an email in from somebody. Have you got that? I've got it here, but have you got it as well? I don't know. About this? Uh, I think it was a woman who wrote in and said, I'd be curious to know how this might work for beneficiaries who are those in greatest need of such a product. And that got me thinking, because, yeah, I... I would really like to see beneficiaries, more beneficiaries in KiwiSaver. And in fact, at this conference the other day, I was on a panel where we were talking about how KiwiSaver could be improved. And I suggested one idea was to have an option of going into KiwiSaver and paying only 1% of your pay or your benefit 
into KiwiSaver rather than three. And then increasing that amount, so it goes from 1% to one and a quarter percent after six months and one and a half percent after a year. And then two and a quarter or two, but, you know, just gradually, gradually yeah. right, right, raise the amount. One percent, I was working out, if you were on the minimum wage and you were working a 40-hour week, you'd be putting in $6.60 a week. Mm. And most people could afford that. I know on the minimum wage, people haven't got much at all, but $6.60 isn't much, you know. Mm. It'd be a way for people could start and then if it gradually increased. And we could even include beneficiaries if the government were to, at the beginning, raise the benefits by 1%, mm-hmm. you know, so that people, beneficiaries, aren't taking home any less money, but they're in KiwiSaver and and gradually increasing the amount in there because I just, it's a controversial thing to say because people will say, for goodness sake, you know, they, have, they can't, haven't got any money to spare, but I worry about beneficiaries being just left out of all the good stuff, you know, and I think that quite a lot of them might really like to know that they're not just putting food on the table this week, but they are also in the long run just building up a little bit of money. And then, I mean, we've got to remember too that people don't stay on the benefit their whole lives. Not many do, except possibly sickness beneficiaries, but but a lot of people don't stay on benefits. They get back out of them, and if they're already in KiwiSaver, it's rolling along for them. Um, so and, and if we included this rainy day fund element into KiwiSaver, then beneficiaries, their first money could be going into that. And that could be really helpful for them, as this email person says. And I think she said she works for the MSD, and so she probably knows what she's talking about. Um, they are in the greatest need of a rainy day fund. People who, they're the sort of people who don't have a savings account sitting around. So it'd be terrific if we could bring beneficiaries at the expense of the government. Yeah, okay, but other people at the conference were saying that KiwiSaver, they should be adding all sorts of tax incentives for all of us KiwiSaver members. And so if we're going to be spending government money, why not spend some of it on getting beneficiaries in there? Great. Yeah. Uh, Mary, that's a brilliant idea, right, someone? I just cannot afford KiwiSaver, but the 1% would be doable. Um, Judy yeah. says, Mary, a rainy day fund for those who are already retired would be brilliant. Some of us are left with super and small savings to live off. The small savings is my rainy day accounts, but the trouble is it's a super saver bank account and costs and interests. Uh, it costs and interests to take money out. So that would be something different, though, because KiwiSaver wouldn't work for the rainy day fund after you were 65, would it? Unless, it's, an... unless it stayed there. If you can... Continued working, of course, it would. There are more and more people working after sixty-five. Yeah, okay. But but if you weren't contributing into KiwiSaver, then it, your rainy day fund wouldn't grow. You you might take it into retirement with you, of course. But if you weren't contributing, it wouldn't grow. I mean, one thing you can say about retired people is they're not going to suddenly lose their source of income their basic source of income, which is New Zealand super. That keeps on coming, thank God, through thick and thin, you know, and does get increased by the same as, as wages every year. So, um, but, but yeah, I mean, 
we could we're a bit short of time here, aren't we? We could we could talk about other sources of retirement of, of emergency money or yeah, so that'd be um, good because uh, you've also got another heading here, let charity pay. Do you want to talk oh, about yes, that, that too? That's a um, that's a little trick from a, a man I knew when I lived in America, and I thought it was really clever. Every year at the beginning of the year, he put about $5,000, he was quite a well-off man, you could do it with 1000 you could do it with whatever amount, into a separate bank account and said, at the end of the year, I'm going to give that money to charity. And um, But during the year, if something goes wrong unexpectedly, I'm going to take it out of that, out of that particular account. So it didn't, you know, he didn't mind too much when things went, went wrong through the year. He just took it out of the account. He'd already mentally given that money to charity. Oh, yeah. And at the end of the year, the charity got what was left. And it meant that some years the charity didn't get much, and other years it got the whole lot. It depended what what happened for him. But he, you know, he'd mentally given it to the charity anyway, and so um, that was a terrific idea, I thought. Someone says, and this might be another argument for the Rainy Day Fund, that if, if beneficiaries have any savings, then some of the supplements are reduced, some of those extra supplements they get, so it mm. makes them worse off. Yeah, well, that, that would be something we'd want to build into this so that they weren't penalised for that. I mean, those issues are very difficult issues. It seems awfully mean to not let beneficiaries save up a bit, but then if you start getting a beneficiary who's actually got $100,000 in a savings account, taxpayers are going to be saying, I mm. don't know that we need to be supporting that person. So, yeah, but so that's a sort of... And there's a lot of complications in these things. They sound simple, and then, you know, these things have to be thought through. But just because they won't end up being perfect doesn't mean we shouldn't do them. A quick That's, word on uh, other sources of emergency cash then? Yeah, yes. Um, if you're paying down a mortgage faster than you have to, then if you often if you, it's a good idea to talk to the lender and say, can I get that money back if I need it? Mm. Even if you're not paying down a mortgage faster, if you've got a mortgage, sometimes you can add to it and then at least you're paying fairly low interest on it, but try to pay it back off fairly fast. Um, KiwiSaver hardship withdrawals, we've talked about that before. What about revolving um, credits? Yeah. I think that's you, what I'd do if I yes. had a big expense. If you've got a revolving credit mortgage or an offset mortgage or a redrawable mortgage with any of those, definitely put your, your extra money in so it's keeping the interest down on those mortgages because it keeps the mortgage balance down, but then obviously if you need the money... You can grab it. So those are sources some people can can use. Where to put the money in the meantime before we've got this KiwiSaver fund? Um, One-month bank term deposits are quite a good idea if you've got a credit card because then you can put your emergency money on spending on the credit card. Mm. By the time you have to pay off the card, the one-month term deposit will have matured. Right. And it sort of keeps your sticky fingers off it in the meantime. <laughs> or perhaps another bank, one of those savings accounts where you do get... Um, penalised if you take money out more than one withdrawal a month or something like that to try and discourage you from from taking it out unless you really need it. Okay. Hey, um, thanks. Glad to hear that this idea gets the Mary Holm tick of approval. Yeah, we'll it does. We'll see where it goes. Yes, we hope hope the government looks hard at it. Okay. Nice to chat to you. That's you too, Jesse. Personal finance expert Mary Holm and all of her talks about all of the various things we cover on a Thursday are available as podcasts on the RNZ website, rnz.co.nz, and head to the podcasts page.